0: You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Remill, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Make sure you download the app. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. Miami needed a win to keep their season alive. I'd like to be talking about something else, but that's the reality. And for a while, about 27 minutes of game time, it looked like they'd get their chance. Miami's first half was everything that had been missing in the series against Milwaukee through three games. Defense, effort, great shooting, and most importantly, a seven-point lead at halftime. They were actually shooting 40-plus percent, 44% from three-point range for a team that had been really, really bad. Through three games, Miami looked really good in that first half. 52% overall, a 64-57 lead. And then, Miami's third quarter issues manifested as badly as you could possibly expect. The team picked up five quick fouls within the first few minutes of play, and Milwaukee got some hot shooting from Bryn Forbes and Chris Middleton, and the rest, well, the Heat, just as they have throughout the last two games, simply couldn't respond. The last two quarters had momentary spurts with guys like Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and even Bam Adebayo occasionally doing what they could to stop the bleeding. Bam Adebayo had a decent game, 20 points to lead all of Miami's scores, 10-17 from the field. A lot of that came late in the fourth quarter when it wasn't quite sure whether or not he was trying to save the season or just trying to put up what felt like somewhat empty calories it just wasn't enough regardless every shot was answered by two more from the bucks and ultimately a long weird terrible 18 month span came to a close at least as far as basketball is concerned for the Miami Heat with a 120 to 103 loss let that sink in i'm sure bucks fans are reveling in it right now they've been jawing at me but they're kind of talking into the abyss, because I've got almost everybody, or whenever I see any kind of comment, uh, they instantly get blocked or muted. But there's plenty to talk about regarding the offseason and what's next. And believe me, I'll get this right out of the way. I'll be covering the team, just as I always have. Maybe not daily shows. It's a little difficult when you're flying solo and there isn't as much content as you'd like but I'll be covering everything about the team that you need during free agency talking about potential trade targets summer league and more but the game matters today game four on a Saturday afternoon at least and to me and what it says about this team and its inability to keep up with a talented group and I want to address the talk about being a bubble fluke, but I'll do that later on. I'll save that for the next couple of shows because I think, one, it's important. Two, it's been kind of run with quite a bit, I think, especially if you follow anybody with any allegiance to a Milwaukee-based team. But I also think it's incredibly disingenuous, to say the least, so I will address it. But I also want to think that, first and foremost, there were always questions about this roster and who could step up, and, and those were answered in the worst possible way for this team. They struggled at times during the regular season, regardless of the quality of the opponent. And the belief was that things would just snap into place. That specifically, Jimmy Butler could fix things. Instead, they just got beat. To whatever's left of the Bucks fans that are listening to the show, I've been consistent in saying that the team was more talented. But I also think Jimmy's play in the series and the way that the Heat simply had nothing left in the tank when the momentum shifted was equal parts talent disparity and just being emotionally and physically drained after the longest 18 months in NBA history. Maybe 60-40 in favor of talent disparity. But Bucks fans are going to misinterpret anything I say in a way that's convenient for them, but it's the truth, at least as I see it. This team is very different from where they were last year. They got worse from the point of view of a roster construction, especially when you consider how they traded away Kelly Olenek and only got four games out of Victor Olatipo. Olenek. Olinik might not save the series, but you know he was going to catch fire at some point during a four-game stretch. That's just enough to get... Kelly O'Bird out there, you know, just a, a guy who could space the floor, draw Brooke Lopez away. Didn't happen. Was he going to change the series? No, not necessarily, but it's one more guy that was more likely to catch fire, especially after Trevor Ariza had virtually nothing except for the first half through four games. Victor Oladipo, similarly, I know Bucks fans weren't dismissive, but they didn't watch the four games in which he played. And he was good defensively. Say what you will about his offense. Moreover, I think his defense would have been impactful. As I said before, I don't think Forbes catches fire as quickly, as easily, if you've got a guy like Oladipo out there, who's a much better defender than Goran Dragic or Kendrick Dunn or Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson. Oladipo starts. If he's healthy, figuratively, you you have to at least consider that he could get in there and, and try to do things to improve Miami's defense, which has been the case. That has been the issue during this series. So I think I'll stick with that point of view. Whether you think it's true or not, I, I don't know. They didn't have the the ability, the Heat did, to, to play above their weight class. And I think a lot of that had to do with the emotional drain of the long season. The Twitter Bambies can read into that as some form of disrespect, but it's not untrue. I've watched and covered basketball a lot longer than most of the people listening to the show. And this Heat team was just burnout. I don't know. That's my takeaway from this. It's not exactly the most scientific. It's not the most analytically based or anything along those lines, but they look tired. I'm not gonna dump all that into on Jimmy. He did not have the series that many people expected to, and there's plenty of time to talk about that. It feels like such a sharp contrast from where we were well, in October, less than a year ago, which is another part of the problem, right? In October, early to mid October, Miami season ends against the Lakers in the finals, and there were there weren't enough accolades for what Jimmy Butler had done. Uh, a few months later, injuries here and there, about with COVID, and you're looking at a four-game sweep at the hands of the Bucks and or at the hoofs of the Bucks, whatever you want to call it, and all of a sudden it looks like Jimmy's not quite the player he was, maybe not even a top 25 player. I know some people even don't think he's a top 50 player at this point in time, which is absolutely ludicrous considering he had one of the best regular seasons of his career. I don't I the pendulum swifts shifts, excuse me, far too quickly one way or the other. When you have the kind of emotionality tied to a a game and a series and a season the way this has shown. You 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 tend to over project, overanalyze, over read into things, misinterpret. You you lead with your heart, you know. You you think with your heart instead of your mind. And and so when you you're looking at what Jimmy did do, and that's what it is. It's not that what he did do, it's what he didn't. And I think you have a legitimate concern about whether or not he is as impactful as maybe you, you, we, and I'll say we, interpreted him to be following last year's playoff run. But I don't think he's as bad as people are saying. There are people who are really like this close to trading away the best player that this team has had in, what, six years? Since 2016, maybe? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, Dwayne, by that point, by Dwayne's last season in Miami, 2015-16, and the moments that he provided during his last dance in the half season before that, Jimmy Butler was better than that version of Dwayne. I don't think that's arguable. I don't think that's even close. He had a fantastic performance against the Charlotte Hornets in 2016 playoffs, but he was out the door just a few weeks later. He came back, of course, and had some fine moments, and I think – obviously because it's Dwayne Wade and he's the best player in in, in Heat history, that there's going to be a lot of emotion tied to what Dwayne did and everything else. And again, that obscures the filter considerably and how you view a player like Wade. But Jimmy's inarguably better than Dwayne Wade was, even in that last season. Now, The moments that we saw from him last year, the moments that we've seen from him in this regular season, unfortunately, those moments just didn't manifest in the playoffs. But the loss has also revealed something else that I'll talk about in the next segment, because it seems like everybody, <laughs> from a national media perspective, again, the, the ridiculous concept of unbiased media, clearly not evidenced by the reactions from members of the national quote-unquote media types. And I'll talk about that in the next segment, because it's actually caught me by surprise. But one thing that hasn't caught me by surprise is the great taste of Bill Barr you probably don't want to hear about it, but you could probably use a, a built Bar right now. Why? Because they're 100% covered in chocolate. That's going to make you feel good. That's it. Endorphins. It's, you eat a Bilt Bar and you're going to feel better. There's no way around it. Scientifically proven that built Bars are better for you because they've got chocolate. And chocolate is good. And chocolate is good for you. It makes you feel good. You could probably use some of that right now. I know a lot of you probably want to drown your sorrows. But if you're a type of person who's a little bit more health conscious and not necessarily indulging in wine and spirits right now, and you want to grab yourself a protein bar, there's no better tasting protein bar than Built Bar. So make sure you go ahead and grab one of those. And best of all, if you go to builtbar.com right now, you can build a box of your favorite flavors, build a box of great tastes that you can acquire for yourself, or give to friends and families. If you're feeling generous even after a tough heat loss, make sure you go to builtbar.com. use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your first order. That's use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at beltbar.com. So I don't really know where to take this tangent, but I just felt like bringing it up, because as much as you can look into, and maybe, I'll, let's let's take a, a step there. Let's, let's take a pause, put a pin in it, as they say, and look at what Milwaukee was able to accomplish. And, and look, out of the had a pretty good game. 8 of 18, 20 points. Middleton, 7 of 16, 20 points. Brooke Lopez, 11 for 15. A lot of that late in the game, but those, those buckets from Lopez were momentum shifting. And important. Drew Holiday, 4 of 12, struggled a little bit from the field, 11 points. But even his shots seemed like they were, he had one mid-range game, a mid-range shot, excuse me, at a key moment there where it seemed like Miami's... <sighs> momentum was just slipping away completely they just didn't seem to have the capacity to hold on to their lead and, and holiday hits a big shot at that point in time and look he was impacting in other ways certainly his defense has been phenomenal even without Dante DiVincenzo in the starting lineup they got Pat Connaughton in there to replace him he finished one of five from the field and and luckily for the heat he was in the game because he was clearly Milwaukee's worst player uh Bryn Forbes continued to have his hot shooting 7 to 14 almost 50 percent from three point range 22 points for him second best scorer on the team so I, I look I still SB nation's brew hoop site continues to talk about the, the fact that I believed or that I was told that Forbes could be unplayable in a series like how could you be this obtuse I, I again the point isn't that Forbes wasn't a good shooter. Everybody knew that. His addition to the team seemed like one of the best low-key additions in free agency. You added a shooter because your shooting sucked in the bubble last year, and you know this. And so you bring in a shooter like Forbes that was really only just a shooter. Yes, he's a guy who can handle the ball and provide some defense by being a body out there, but we've got some of those in Miami's roster too. That doesn't necessarily make you a player that you can put out there in key situations for defense. If anything, a guy like Forbes is a... A break glass in, in case of emergency if you need offense, especially if the series had played out the way a lot of people projected it to be, where you had a guy like Goran Dragic or Tyler Hero or even Kendrick Nunn who had been playing so well during the regular season. If they start going off offensively, you know Forbes wasn't going to get that kind of playing time. But by put him out there for a few minutes to kind of help balance the scoring, but it's not like you're going to him as your defensive stopper. And yes, he averaged 19 minutes during the regular season, but look at Miami's... I mean lineups—they change considerably during the playoffs. It's—it's so weird to me that you would take that point, the virtually unplayable aspect of what I said about legitimately about Forbes, and run with that like he is somehow a superstar because he's a good shooter, which I never said he wasn't. But whatever, it's—it's so funny. Like I I do want to address the Bucks Twitter thing because it just—it does. Uh, they want me to be upset about the loss. What I'm really most upset about is constantly being tagged for really stupid comments. So, you know, congrats to you. I guess if I'm the one living rent-free in your head, I don't know what that says about you. And and, and you can talk about the bubble them all you want to. But again, what does that say about the team that lost in five games? And I, And I've seen both sides of the equation as far as the response to where people will say, we know we sucked. We know we sucked. And that's why we lost in five games last year. And if that's the case, then then what's your point? Then why are you comparing Miami as bubble flukes? They were still able to be better than that team was. They were better than all the teams in the Eastern Conference up until the NBA Finals, and they probably would have won that too. But then again, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, two Hall of Fame-level players, and a pretty good supporting cast are uh, disparaged as Lemicki and uh, bubble title holders. I mean, I, I don't know. Disney title, Disney ring, whatever you want to call it. So... Like The discourse out there is absolutely toxic, and I, I did not realize how bad it could be. I, I've spent seven years covering the league and uh, never really engaged in anybody, and now I know why, because it's just not worth it. As far as the national media, though, what I've seen over the last couple of hours, and I'm recording this shortly after the the Game 4 ended, and it's just unbelievable for, to me to see like people... People that I know, people that I would consider not necessarily friends, friendly, and just waiting to pile on to almost every aspect of Miami. And I, I get, and I've mentioned this on this show before, so for long term listeners, you're fully aware of what I'm about to say, but I get a lot of pretty frequent direct messages or email or just comments using the hashtag AskHelloHeat about why national media hates Miami. And I really. I know what you're. I, I generally think that you're talking about people like I don't know, Doris Burke or, uh, you know, maybe guys on the TNT crew or things of that sort because they kind of talk down to what Miami says, and I never really saw that. That I never really see. Like, I first of all, Doris is a sensational human being, and and she's a a fan of the show, and I like what she says about the NBA in general and how she covers the team. I'm sure she's probably pretty surprised that an Eric Spolster-led team uh, lost in four straight games to Milwaukee despite that talent disparity. But I'm talking about, like, people who write about the NBA in general for Bleacher and other outlets out there. Just the – they were waiting for this. And that's the surprising part to me. It's that they were all sitting on this. Similarly to what I experienced with Buck's Twitter, where it was just, like, after a a game-two win, all of a sudden it was this – emotional explosion. Like, we have been waiting for eight months to say, hey, we're really good too. And it just seems so sad. Uh, at the same time, it feels like everybody has been waiting for some reason to talk about Miami. Like, they, they, they want to point out Miami's lack of draft picks, that Jimmy Butler is probably not a top 25 player, that Jimmy Butler is overrated, that... The insults to Ben Simmons are unwarranted. I mean, this is from from somebody I know who's a Philadelphia-based reporter, and he covers the team. and It's just like it's so weird to to all of a sudden be slanderous. I I, I don't I never saw this. I never really saw it. I'll be honest with you. Even for despite my age, despite my time covering the league, I guess I was somewhat naive about the fact that people do res, you know resent almost every aspect of not just my the Miami Heat the team. But the front office, the coaching staff, the players, Jimmy, the city, the fact that you're stuck in, what, Philadelphia or Milwaukee, and all of a sudden you're waiting now to, to trash a, a city that gets a lot more sunshine. I I, I don't – I have never understood it. I didn't get it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> it's been a very strange occurrence to see people all of a sudden waiting to trash Miami's culture. Look, I, I understand, and I've talked about this before too. Maybe you get somewhat insular when you – cover a team and you don't see an outside perspective. But I cover the NBA in general. I've been covering the NBA in general for a long time. I've been writing about every other team and players from every other team a lot longer than I've been covering specifically Miami. And yet, somehow, I I guess I just didn't really see how people were waiting for the opportunity to trash this heat roster. And nothing like a four-game sweep helps kind of coalesce all that. Now you can really trash Miami and their culture and the culture talk and look the the talk about the culture and everything else heat culture and everything that it embodies I know it can get annoying it's branding guess what it works moreover I think we've seen this players will often talk about heat culture like it's a real entity the players that join this team know what they're getting into it doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily kick your ass and they're going to dominate they're going to work hard 29 other teams have hard-working guys there's a level of accountability on this franchise that has made them more successful than almost every other team over that same stretch of time since pat riley joined the organization in 1995 they've had a really good level of success that's resulted in six trips to the nba finals and three nba championships possibly a fourth if jj barrea doesn't exist and now all of a sudden you're gonna what dismiss that level of success this isn't the sacramento kings people this isn't the Knicks that have been mediocre. Hey, I'm glad Julius Randle's having a good season. I never disliked Tom Thibodeau. I don't understand what the big deal. Alfred Pray, that's a whole other story. But listen, kudos to the Knicks for having some success. Now all of a sudden, what? They, they win one game in a playoff series and you're going to forget about the previous 20 years? Like Miami's been pretty good during that stretch when the Knicks have not. And they've gone with lots of different players as their key player from... Alonzo Mourning to Shaquille O'Neal to Dwayne Wade to LeBron James to Jimmy Butler. That shows a stability, despite who the best player on your team is, that not every other team does. This isn't San Antonio that built a culture around Greg Popovich that was manifested and made reality by Tim Duncan. And that everybody else, looked, they didn't win anything before Duncan gets there. So Pop was a fine coach, but it certainly helps to get a guy like Duncan in there. You know, David Robinson wasn't guiding them to the finals. I don't know. It's just, I don't know why you're waiting to trash the team after all this time. It's been very interesting. A, a subplot to the NBA playoffs that I really hadn't foreseen. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of weird. Now everybody's uh, tagging me with uh, broom memes and things of that sort. That's, it's all fine. I'm, I was there. I'm fully aware of the fact that the team lost four games. I'm still going to be covering the team, and that's something I'll talk about in the next segment. But first, just a reminder that if you want to make yourself feel a little bit better after the tough outing to the Milwaukee Bucks, just remember you can always go to Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. but there's tons of sports action going around with the start of the WNBA season the NBA playoffs that still continue, unfortunately, without Miami, the NHL, and much, much more. Head over to Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code On. And then when you're done with that let's say you need to fix a part on your car you don't want necessarily uh order it online you're not sure what to do so you go to what you think is the traditional chain storefront and you go there because they're going to help you right and you get stuck answering questions that you might not necessarily understand you're asking questions that you don't necessarily know if they work it's really kind of frustrating and so you you know, kind of leave frustrated and not necessarily with the part you're looking for. Why go through all that? You've got access to computers the same way they have with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers on their easy to use site. You get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store or even at a car dealership? Rockauto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, then go to their section that says, How did you hear about us? and write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast, host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'll probably keep this last segment a little short. Still trying to collect thoughts on here because post-game pressers are still going on. It's just a little peculiar and I can't say I've really formed a concrete thought yet as far as this series is concerned. Look, they just, they got beat. Badly. And I don't think there's any taking away from that. You can assess where it falls on whose responsibility mostly. And look, I've already seen what's going on somewhat. Uh, On Heat Twitter, it's a fan base that's torn apart right now. And again, between the national clowning that's going on on the Heat, it's really hard to separate anything as far as whether or not it's just uh, opinion or especially because it's online too. Like just the hot take nature of me saying, look, look at me for 280 characters, I think really tends to skew how people talk about the game and even when they're supposed to be covering it professionally. So, I do want to say, however, that as far as this offseason is concerned, uh, again, I will be doing my best to continue to cover it. I will be talking about the game, all the changes that are taking place with the team, and hopefully lining up some interviews with players and things of that sort so that you can continue to enjoy the podcast like you always have and have for years. But I also want to say that it's been, for me, you know, a strange 18 months. Uh, if you want to label it as an excuse for the heat, I'll tell you it's been the same for me. Yeah, I went through a move from Gainesville, Florida to Miami, Florida, the purchase of a house and a lot of different things that come with that. And also trying to take care of my family and, and be there for all of you and to be able to answer your questions, to cover games, to be able to continue to write and cover the team to the best of my ability. And you've all made it as positive experiences i could possibly imagine not you bucks twitter as far as uh (laughs) the heat fan base however uh you always send in questions and you always uh you know entertain me and my thoughts and sometimes they always don't always seem concrete they sometimes they can appear a little bit rambling but you you've done a very good job of of trying to be supportive and even when i went through the process of hosting the show on my own and not really knowing what the hell i was doing as far as being a solo host I feel like uh, you hung in there. You've been supportive. The numbers have been fantastic, and I know it never really boils down to just numbers, but I do appreciate each and every one of you, even as other podcasting teams like uh, Miami Heat Beat or Five Reasons went through changes of their own. It's just me out there, and uh, you tune in to hear my thoughts, and I say this completely and totally honestly. I, it means so much to me that you're willing to, to take the time to listen to me uh, I mean, I, I do have some bona fides. I am credentialed. I won't talk about them on Twitter all the time like some people, but I, I do cover the team and I have been covering NBA basketball for some time. And so I, it means a lot that you still value my opinion. Look, nobody, even the best of us, has a perfect run at covering anything when it comes to the league. Like you can be a very good writer. You can be a very good podcaster or reporter or whatever you want to call yourself when it comes to Let's just say under the umbrella of media. We can all be very good at this, and you're still going to fail on occasion. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have several bad days. You're going to have a run of misinformed you know, potential options out there when you're not exactly sure what you're talking about or when you're not going to – give the right prediction on things. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job. I've tried to be as consistent as possible with my opinions when I try to interlace them with the facts and, and my perspective on things. And I try to give, look, I've seen a lot of this and I really do appreciate how people say that you're not going to get a lot of hot takery out of me. And and that they mean it as a positive thing. I'm, I'm sure that there's some people who will say, well, we want more of that. We want more of the, what is it, Shock Jock Radio To come out there and go, hey, it's me, Dave Ramil. I'm here with a hot take, but I I I can't do that. Like even doing that feels like really fake, and I feel like I should probably delete this. And I I know I won't, but uh, I feel like I should (laughs) because you deserve better, right? I like I don't want to be a guy who just puts on the radio voice and uh, and just does something for the sake of getting people to listen and and, you know click in and things of that sort. And look, there's a lot that going on. I can't dismiss it. I know it's there. And look, it's also the nature of the business where more listens translate to more money. And and I appreciate the ones that have been there from day one. You know, when it was just me and Wes recording by phone uh, on GarageBand. You know, that was the heat check days. A lot of you remember that, and that means so much. Again, it, it feels like every time there's an end of a season, and last year was the exhaustion of COVID and the bubble and the hiatus in between, and everything else that was going on with social justice movements across the globe, and especially here in the United States, that impacted us seemingly on a daily basis. And and while we're far from out of the water there, when it comes to all the things that have been impacting this society for not just the last year, but hundreds of years, I, you know, this has not been a normal season. It's been a very trying time period. Me personally, for all of you, I'm sure. And I've talked to a lot of you or tried to talk to a lot of you about what's going on with your own lives. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, I am a human being that you listen to and I appreciate that very much. But, If you need somebody to talk to, I am also here for you. And I've given my phone number out in the past. You always have access to direct messages and emails. And, you know, the off season can be rough for some people because you're so emotionally invested in the team that you follow that you want to, you know, be a part of it. And and you want to be, you know, riding the high of the team that you love as much as anything else. And so when that ends, you know, sometimes it could be a dark time for you. I hope it's not. I remain positive about this team. I don't know what's going to happen. This roster that we see today is not going to be the same roster in four months. Without a doubt. And I I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when the change is going to come. And I don't know in what form it will take place. But given what we've seen from Pat Riley over the past 25 years, something's going to happen. And... (laughs) I'm not sure if it's a superstar-level player. I'm not sure if it's just the kind of role players that could make a difference like they did for Milwaukee. But something's going to happen. This team is going to get better in some way, shape, or form. And maybe that leads more people to hating on this team and disparaging what Pat Riley has done and what the Heat have accomplished over the last 26 seasons. But I can't agree with that point of view. I think it's been a very good team. And the heroics that we saw from Jimmy Butler place this team... Uh, that season specifically amongst the best in NBA history. I'm sorry, Miami heat history. I misspoke there. And, and I said that too, I think in, you know, I, I remember uh, specifically a podcast I recorded with Ben Goliver of Washington post saying that I, I really felt like last season was the best season in franchise history because it, uh, in terms of in context of its expectations at the start, like you go back to Jimmy signing here and people in Philadelphia saying, oh, he's just going there to retire. I, that should have been my first sign about the national media perspective, like how badly they hated Jimmy, that they were just waiting for him to fail. And this has just been the case now, like the tweet going around right now is that Brent Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler and we all fucking know it. We get it. It's not great. <laughs> it's not it's not great for Jimmy. I'm sure he's not happy about it. And and look, credit to Forbes. He shot a lot, and he hit a lot of them. So it's not a great situation there for Jimmy Butler, but they, they have been waiting for him to fail. And I lost my train of thought there because I started talking about Brent Forbes, and I start recalling every time he broke free. Like, one play in particular, I'll bring it back up because like, I tweeted about it. Like, you know, the ball was moving around. Giannis is – I think the ball was in Middleton's hands, and he, he swings the ball. He's being double-teamed, I think, and Jimmy – kind of hedges his way over there because he's between Bryn Forbes in the corner and Giannis on the wing. And he starts hedging his way over there towards Giannis as the ball swings to him, leaving Giannis 0 for 5 from three-point range out of the Kumpo. Instead, Bryn Forbes in the corner winds up getting an open look. That that mind-numbing stuff there. Again, it doesn't fall on any one player. And again, I've lost my train of thought. But what I'm trying to say badly is thanks to all of you for sticking around, and hopefully you'll continue to do so. And look, my, my metaphoric door is always open. If you need to reach out, you need to contact me about something, shoot me a message in one way or another. I will do my best to try and answer them as quickly as I possibly can. If it's about basketball, that's great. And if it's not, that's even better. That's fine. I, I respond to any and all about all types of situations, questions, and I've reached out to some of you and... I I think it makes a difference. I think you've appreciated that, and I I hope that's the case. And I'll continue to try to do so because, again, more important than being a media member or somebody who's covered the NBA or somebody who follows Miami Heat basketball is the fact that I am a human being like all of you and – We're all here for each other to the best of our ability. So I'm going to try to continue to provide the very best coverage I can. Thanks again for always listening. A reminder that you can always reach me via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting the show. And again, thanks to all of you for a fantastic NBA season for the Miami Heat. I'm David Rimmel signing off for now. Good okay. up, um.